welcome, beloveds, to another episode of Spirit of the North. This is Katie Lee, and if you want to contact me after this podcast or engage, ask questions, or suggest a topic for me to share my perspectives on, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Katie Lee or on my website, katielee.online. Um, so I have got a lot of stories for you, and I'm not going to be able to fit them all in this one particular podcast, but I decided to pull the trigger on um, the topic of dreams and dreaming and the astral, and I had initially thought that I was going to break everything down and like map out the dream world, which I actually still might do, but my spirit and me just in particular um, wanted to share a lot of really interesting stories and as I share these dream stories um, I think it will make a lot of sense and I'll start to string all of these different stories together in different podcasts and then once you see them all laid out and put together in one big piece Um, then I will start mapping out um, the different planes and how um, astral travel works and, you know, communication and all that kind of stuff. And I think it'll be more digestible having listened to the stories that are um, at least really, really, like, fun for me to share. Um, These are um, all first-hand accounts uh, from myself and um, can be backed up by other people, which is uh, another interesting part of my particular dreaming experiences is um, how I actually share a lot of dreams with people or I am able to uh, walk into other dreams of people or they can actually pull me into dreams. Um, and this is all fun sci-fi-esque Uh, stories and topics so whether you believe the stories or not I find it um, still very entertaining for myself to tell them and it usually happens where if I'm at a party with friends and um, somebody starts you know asking me questions I'll usually be uh, they will request me to start sharing these stories because it's um fascinating to me and I think it fascinates other people too because I'm not the only one that has these experiences these are um, not at all just specific or unique to myself uh, but the stories and particular dreams themselves are unique but they are part of a greater phenomenon that a lot of people share Um, I wanted to just start as chronologically as possible the stories I'm about to share with you do sound fantastical, and I'm quite aware of that. Uh, so like I said, whether you are a believer or not, uh, I hope that you can get cozy and are ready for story time because uh, I'm, I'm really excited to share these stories with you. So let's just begin. Uh, I guess you could say it all started when I was a child, but we're not going to go back that far. I'm not going to make you sit through all of that. I will preface by saying that um, ever since I can remember, I've had a very vivid dream life, and when I was a kid, I would dream about places or people that I had not been to or seen or met yet, but then I would um, after I had dreamt about them. 
So I've always had some, well, what people would call supernatural phenomenon. I don't consider it supernatural. I actually think it's uh, a very part of the natural world. This is just another concept of how energy transference works, at least to me. So let's fast forward to me. It is January 1st, going the night of January 1st, going to the night I went to bed. So it was between January 1st and January 2nd, 2012. Um, and that night I had a dream that I always will say changed my life. I've had many deep prophetic dreams. I've had dreams that shook me. I've had horrific nightmares, but this was a dream that was different. And um, I can't actually get into too many specific details about this dream because there are elements of it that still need to remain um, anonymous, but I will release enough information for you to follow along. And um, as I go into the other dreams, I can get specific with those, but this particular dream is still um, very important to me and I think has to do with a greater picture of my life um, that may not be very obvious, but at least to me, I know (laughs) what I need to keep uh, close to my heart and maybe not quite reveal to everybody in the general public on the internet. Um, The funny thing about dreams is if you never notice or think back on a dream, you might realize that most of the time, you only remember clips of it or sections and since I was a child I would always be able to remember the beginning middle and end of a dream and it was more common than not to have that instead of the fragments that I think a lot of us do um, wake up with and actually currently that's what I'm dealing with now as I work and heal through uh, some trauma that fragmented type of consciousness is still kind of messing with my recall, but that's absolutely something that you can work on and heal whether you have trauma or not. So I will um, say that these are um, issues that I think people have where either they can't recall dreams um, or they have issues thinking that they don't dream at all because they just go to sleep and wake up and they say nothing, I didn't dream at all. When in actuality, I think most of us dream a lot more and it is our recall that is what we are um, either we're bringing back memories of the dream or we aren't. So with this particular dream, like most of my dreams, um, there was a beginning, a middle and an end. And I can remember the whole thing in full technicolor. Uh, But what was different about this dream was how vivid and real it felt. Um, When I say real, I'm talking about a feeling. You know, in um, our current reality, our physical waking reality, we can say, you know, is this real? And usually what we mean is, can you physically engage with it and does it heighten your senses? Can you experience it with your senses? Um, Or can it be confirmed? And so when I say this dream was more real than anything I've ever experienced, I'm saying that my sensory experience of that was the most heightened that I've ever had, you know. And um, I started out by 
um, I was floating in a mist and I was not controlling where I was going. I was um, levitating and flowing through um, clouds of color and mist and geometry and there was wind and I felt like I was traveling really, really, really far. And um, I was very aware that another type of consciousness was um, transporting me to wherever it was that they wanted me to go in the astral. Now, the astral is is just a term I'm going to use. It's thrown around quite a bit. I'm not going to map everything out. There are some resources I can um, definitely mention at the end of the podcasts, but for the sake of this one, I will say that when I say astral, I mean it is the plane in which that we dream and we are able to construct dreams. It is a place that our consciousness can go and it is where we create, make up dreams, but also there are other places in the astral where um, we can actually travel to and experience and link up with other dreamers and other people maybe in deep meditations it is a plane of consciousness that we can access and i was fully aware that i was in this plane and that i was being summoned by another consciousness to another place and as i came out of this mist and i felt like i had been traveling through dimensions um, i was brought to an island this is an island that exists on the earth It is very real, and I plan on going there, especially after this dream. I will actually not mention which island this is, but I will say that it is a home of an ancient civilization with a lot of sacred sites. I have never been there in person. I hadn't really ever had much interest in it before, and after this dream, I have to say I'm not obsessed with it, but I have a deep fascination of the culture. And as I was brought there, um, it was very um, green, there was a lot of grass, and I was on the coastline of this island, and um, I was still levitating, um, not by my own volition, Uh, and it wasn't um, harsh, it was very gentle. And I became aware of a very bright blue light that was in the sky, and within that blue light was a collective consciousness of beings. And they spoke to me all in one voice. And it was so, um, the, the frequency and the caliber of it was so overwhelming that I couldn't actually take in the information that they were saying. So they decided to switch to telepathy and talking telepathically with me, which was much more uh, pleasant for me and comprehensible. And this collective had brought me there to bring in memories and information into my consciousness that needed to be accessed, is what they said. Um, So one of the beings of consciousness came down from the blue light and took on a form. And it was of a male uh, energy, although it was a being that was not human. And he communicated more to me. I mean, yes, it was telepathic, but it was more giving me feeling and um, pictures of what was going to happen before it happened. And so he communicated to me that we were going to be um, moving and, you know, he was controlling my um, 
um, my body that was suspended in the air and he showed me that we were going to be going off of the coastline and um, hovering over the water and once we were hovering over the water by the coastline he told me that we were going to be going deep into the water and that not I wouldn't need to worry because I was in my astral body so I would be able to breathe because sometimes we need that remembrance because we still have you know our human logic and so I trusted and we both uh, went down into the water deep um, and I was brought down to the bottom the bed of the the ocean off of the coastline and there was a natural structure that well it was a structure made out of natural stone I will say um, this is where I need to be a little bit careful uh, but this structure looked very unassuming unless you were um, down in the bottom of the ocean when you could see its caliber it was massive and the being put his hand on it and instantly it lit up in neon geometric hieroglyphs and petroglyphs all covering this stone structure and it was breathtaking um i was in awe and i was led all the way around it and i took in all of these symbols and pictures that i have never seen before and i was told you need to remember this you need to take this in and i know that there was um, a lot of coding going on and light codes and so even though i didn't fully consciously understand i was told that it would be embedded into my subconscious and that was really what we were doing and after I had circled the structure multiple times, trying to memorize as much as I could, I was asked, will you remember this? And I said, yes. And then I was told to remember my spirit and who I really am, my cosmic self. And I think that was the first time anybody had ever asked me to remember my cosmic self. And... Um, once that was over we came up out of the water and i was hovering again and the blue being went back into the collective consciousness and they told me that they would be watching over me that i needed to remember that dream that a lot of changes were going to happen to me and that they would contact me again and then a what i can only describe as a like a great wind uh, blew me back through this time and space and clouds and color and uh, back to my body and I slammed back into my body and woke up um, pretty much gasping for air and as fantastical as this sounds I will I like to say I was a sober adult at the time I was living uh, with my former partner in uh, northeast Minneapolis. I was working at a mortgage company. I was very straight-laced, responsible, no drugs. <laughs> so this was quite out of the ordinary for me and quite out of my scope of experiences, even for me, who had um, grown up with a lot of supernatural happenings. 
And so it was this dream that I could not get out of my mind. It consumed me. It was so palpable. The feeling and the the feeling of levitating was familiar to me. The colors, the feeling of the land on that island, everything, the water, the collective consciousness of those beings, everything was just electric. And so I went on a quest, and that quest was to find a dream interpreter that I could trust, one that wasn't going to blow smoke, <laughs> you know, uh, blow, blow a bunch of smoke at me. So um, I ended up finding a dream coach in Australia. And at the time, I was strapped for cash, you know, I was um, working a lot and trying to just make ends meet. And so uh, when I found her website and I just had a gut feeling and then I read on her website that she was looking for case studies for another book that she was writing she's written multiple books and she was looking for people to do case studies on and I emailed her and told her about the dream and asked if she could help me And she wrote back and she said, this is exactly the type of subject matter I'm studying for my next book. And so we worked with each other for about a year. Um, Not continuously, I would say she worked with me intensely for quite a few months. Um, And then after that, I would just report back to her any dreams that met a certain criteria and we would break them down. She was extremely helpful. Um and really opened up my eyes to how these dreams and phenomenon of this collective consciousness was actually happening to people all over the earth. And she had tons of people writing in saying um, that they had had similar experiences in dream time and they had the same kind of almost obsession trying to figure out what it meant and who they were. So after that, initial dream is pretty much when I went into Alice in Wonderland. After that, I had a lot of dreaming abilities that were increased from my childhood. So even though I already had abilities, these abilities were increased. And one thing that was consistent um, for quite a few years that stemmed directly right after I had that dream was my ability to have shared dreams and the ability to have very strong lucid dreaming and actually to be pulled into and leave my dream and be pulled into other people's dreams. And the only reason I was able to figure that out was that as I was having these experiences where I was pretty much consistently lucid in most of my dreams, most of my dreams I was fully aware that I was dreaming. And working with the dream coach She helped me to use that to my best advantage because in the past when I was a kid, how I learned how to become lucid was because I had so many horrible nightmares and I would realize I was having a nightmare. That's what made me start to become lucid. And so I would lucid dream without any effort and especially in any negative dreams, I would just leave them and I would fly out of the dream. I would go into the astral into a black void and where all my thoughts I could create whatever I wanted and so I would create 
you know, magical kingdoms and castles and rainbow waterfalls and everything, you know, my inner child wanted to experience just for fun. But after working with this dream coach, she made me realize that I could really be constructive with this ability and to start to investigate my dreamscapes. And I have to say that has been one of the most powerful tools um, that I still use is being able to become lucid and investigate the dreams that I have already created. So when I become lucid in a dream that I have already created from my subconscious mind, I will, instead of just taking off, I will investigate the landscape. I will see if they are all, all the people are just dream clones or if they are in fact actual spirits of people that I know or don't know. And, um, this is something that I think actually most people can do. I would say all people have the ability to do this. They have the potential, but it is just like a muscle that you need to start working out and strengthen. And if you have fear, I would say that is the one or number one hindrances to dream recall and uh, traveling. So after that, I had a lot of fun experiences definitely um had a few (laughs) fun experiences where I would be in a very intense dream I would become lucid and um walk around and do everything that you ever wanted to do you know if you've ever been a rebellious teenager um and you just wanted to do something to really shake things up um when you become lucid in these dreams and everybody's acting very straight-laced very normal and you realize you're dreaming and that you have free reign, um, it's pretty fun. You can act however you want. You can say whatever you want. Um, You can confront people. You can ask them, why are you here? And most of the time they would disappear uh, because I no longer needed them. You know, they were just trying to show me something in my subconscious mind. But there are other explanations to the dreamscape. Not everything is what we construct. There are experiences that we have when we dream where um, they aren't just um, landscapes built by our subconscious. Sometimes when we dream, I do believe that um, we go places and those places are accessible to multiple people, to everybody. And... I wasn't aware of that until I started having series of dreams in a futuristic city on another planet. And this city had a glass building. It was a square, all-glass building that went straight up into the sky. And no matter what was going on in the dream, I was always going to that building, going to or from that building. The higher up you went on the floors in that building, the more futuristic, the more techy. And I was usually on some of the top floors having meetings with galactic beings of light, talking about the plans for Earth and um, fulfilling missions and all kinds of crazy, (laughs) well, at least to some people, crazy um, experiences. But it was all very normal to me when I was there. And I didn't realize that other people that I knew were going to that building until I started um, talking with my dream coach. And um, 
it was around that time that my younger brother, um, who was staying at my house quite consistently, um, I noticed that when he started to stay over, my dreams would change, or in the middle of my dream, I would literally feel like this suction, and I would get sucked out of that dream, and I would go into a black void and then get sucked into another dream. And that dream always had my younger brother in it, and it was always his dream landscapes. And it got to the point where we were dreaming the same. I was literally getting pulled into his dreams every night that he stayed over. Um, He has a very powerful energy. And how this came about was I was having one of those dreams where I was in that city in the square glass building. And as I was leaving a meeting, Uh, My heart was called to go down to one of the lower levels, which I never usually stopped at. I didn't know what was going on in those lower levels because that's not at wherever I had business. And um, I went to a lower level and um, walked out of the elevator into, um, I would say, a mixture of the decor. It was this big open room and it was... Um, old Victoriana meets um, the Old West. (laughs) It was a very strange saloon parlor mixture. The wood was dark, everything was old, and as you go down the floors in the building, things get older and older and older. And there was a bunch of teenagers, and I knew that they were all real. They were not figments of the dream. These were um, astral bodies of a bunch of youth all around my younger brother's age. And there was a counter where a bar had been, but it was just an empty counter. And there was um, a man behind the counter and he was preparing something. And I couldn't see what it was because it was behind the counter. And standing and leaning next to the counter was another man. And this man I've actually met several times in dream time, and there's still quite a bit of mystery around him. And he was dressed, I would say, almost like Neo from The Matrix, very Neo-esque, and he even had some dark sunglasses so I couldn't see his eyes. And I had instant recognition with him. Even though I didn't know his name, I recognized his energy. And I walked up to the counter and I was going to ask the man behind the counter what's going on with these kids um who's this guy like what's the big idea (laughs) and uh before I could get there the man leaning um on the counter stepped in front of me and blocked me and he smirked at me and he started talking to me telepathically and he could hear my thoughts because I was thinking what's Neo here gonna do about it and he laughed when I had that thought And I won't get too far into details because this was a very long dream. Um, It lasted the span of an entire day. Um, This being, this Neo-esque being, man, was teaching these young people and their astral bodies to empower themselves with awareness. He was teaching them how to become lucid. He was teaching them how to meet in the astral. He was teaching them how to fly in the astral. He was teaching them how to do all kinds of things with their mind, just like Neo from the Matrix, only he was not Neo. And it was with the intention that they would expand their consciousness so that when they woke up, they would have um, 
stronger abilities and recall. And my younger brother was a little bit nervous, and that's why he had pulled me and called me into the dream. And he asked me, will you stay with me for the rest of this dream? And I said, yes, I will. And I asked the man who was the teacher, can I just shadow and observe? And he was not very happy about it, but he tolerated me. Um, I watched them train. I watched them. We went all over the city. And we ended up going to this townhouse, which was like a headquarters. And um, it was wild because we were all sitting around in this living room, all very fully aware that we are in the astral, that all of these kids are real kids. And um, the man was trying to kind of get a rise out of me. He was um, poking at me, trying to get me to remember my cosmic self. He would say, um, you used to fly, don't you remember? Um, you used to be able to go wherever you wanted to, remember? You know, you've traveled all over the cosmos, remember? And at the time, I was very stressed out, you know, just see, you know, just trying to protect my younger brother. And so I would just engage as little as possible. And he was talking to some of the kids who were going through some challenging times in their waking life and counseling them and helping them deal with their anger, helping them deal with anxiety. And as the dream went on, some of the kids started to fade away and disappear. And it was known that the reason that they were leaving the dream was because they were waking up for school in the physical world. And they all started disappearing one by one till even my younger brother, he had left because I knew he had awoken. And I stayed. I stayed because I wanted to get as much information as possible. Um, and once I woke up, my younger brother was waiting for me. He was sitting up waiting for me to wake up. And we looked at each other and I'm like, did you? And he was like, whoa. <laughs> And I said, oh, you were scared. That's why you called me. And he said, yeah, I was nervous. I, I really wanted to learn, but I, I didn't know if I could trust him. And I said, yeah, that's okay. And so that's when it started. And after that, um, I was pulled into, uh, I would say, all of his dreams whenever he stayed over. And a lot of times in the morning, the same thing would happen. I would wake up and he'd be laughing and pointing at me if I had a particularly you know, a particular distaste for something that happened in the dream. Um, he played a lot of zombie video games, so a lot of his dreams were exactly that, you know, like zombie video games, you know, where he's shooting these fake zombies on beaches, and he's laughing hysterically because he thinks it's great fun, you know, because it's this is the best virtual reality game ever. Um, whereas I, a very peaceful, loving, where's my unicorn rainbows, <laughs> was not happy with being pulled into these dreams. So um, that's when it started. And um, I think the next podcast will start going into way more depth with um, some really important dreams that I actually ended up sharing with uh, my uh, former partner and my father and my other brother um, and one where the whole family actually shared um, some travel dreams. So uh, I hope you stay tuned for that. I hope this was interesting enough for you. And uh, I will continue to share these dreams. And you never know, maybe 
it will get you to think about your dreams. Maybe it will help you uh, embrace astral travel. Maybe it'll help you um, realize that you're not crazy, that people do have these experiences and it is not supernatural. Like I said, I believe that these are natural occurrences. It's just that we are so busy and we're so distracted that it's hard for them to unfold in our consciousness. So, uh, yeah, I hope this was fun. And until next time, beloveds, blessings.